0: good morning did you have a great day yesterday no no if you had a great day raise your hand all right (laughs) raise your hand Brian you had a great day man thank you Brian I appreciate it isn't today a beautiful day beautiful day beautiful day I want to begin this morning uh, with a moment a time to pray The message today is respond with courage and there are two primary passages of scripture that we will be focusing on today. One is Romans 12, I encourage you to read it at home. It's really, I I spent all week reading this and reading it, rereading it. It, It'll really take you to a deep place and, and really grow you in your spirit and your heart. The second is a story in Matthew chapter 14. Where Peter walks on the water. Great, great story. Those are the two primary passages for this morning. So let's pray together, would you? Lord, thank you for the music and the worship we've had this morning. Thank you for your powerful abundance and life and love and grace to all of us. And thank you for this beautiful day in Kentucky and for the message you've given me this morning. May the words that I share today from the Apostle Paul and from Matthew find a place within us to begin to rearrange us on the inside and to change the way that we think about our world and about our circumstances. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. All God's people did say, amen. So let's take a look at this uh, slide that I put up, what we've been talking about. Maybe you're here today for the first time, you want to know what we're working on. This is the third week. And what we're talking about is how we show up in the world, how we present ourselves to the world. And the way that we present ourselves to the world um, comes from a deep place within inside of us of who we are, of, of who we are. Only about 10% of us ever really shows, it's everything under the surface that reveals who we are to the world so we're talking about the development of our character the development of your character and what we realize as we focus on the development of our character is that your character is not something that is formed overnight the breakthrough that you're looking for and that I want in my own life is not something that's going to happen just in a moment or in an instant or overnight. It's something that happens over a long period of time. For instance, when someone uh, writes a song and it becomes a top 10 hit, they didn't just write that song and get it on the airwaves and, and sell the records. No, 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 no. Most musicians spend years and years and years before a song has ever played on the air. Or when you see someone win the Masters in Augusta, put on the green jacket, They didn't just pick up the golf clubs the day before. They've been practicing for years. You don't see all the hard work. There are no overnight successes in this world. And anything great that happens in this world happens as a result of long-term effort and facing challenges and overcoming those challenges. And so as we talk about our character, we've said that there are habits that Jesus had that help us develop character. The first week we said, number one, that a practice of Jesus is thinking others first. The second habit Chris preached about last week is expecting the best. And today we're going to talk about courage, about responding with courage. And I want to ask you a question. So here's my question. What if that thing in your life you want to walk around is a thing that God wants you to walk through? What challenge, what conversation, what wound, what hardship, what action do you want to walk around? But could it be that instead of walking around it and avoiding it, maybe God wants you to respond with courage and instead to walk through it? It could be anything. It could be grief, sadness, sorrow. It could be a conversation at home. It could be a conversation at work. It could be a challenge in your lifestyle. What if the thing that you want to walk around is the thing that God wants you to walk through? That takes courage. It takes courage to face those circumstances in life. And so how do you typically respond to a challenge? Are you like most of the people in the world? When faced with a difficulty and a challenge, you walk away from it? Or are you one of those people who lean into it, walk through it, and face it? The people who live extraordinary lives, they're not afraid of challenges. People who live lives of influence and significance are, not, are willing to embrace pain and suffering. They're willing to experience the consequences of their actions and their decisions for a greater good. People who accomplish great things in life don't stick their finger in the wind, determine which way the wind is blowing, and make a decision based on the court of public approval, but instead live from a place of their deepest convictions and their core values and decide what is right and with courage respond to the challenge and the opportunity. You know what I've learned in my own life? What I've learned in my own life is this very truthful thing, that if you don't experience resistance, if there's no resistance, if there's no challenge, if there's no grief, if there's no sorrow, then it's doubtful that you're doing anything in life worthwhile or of merit Because everything in life that's worthwhile comes through hardship and through sacrifice and through struggle. Jesus one time made this comment. Jesus said it's possible for you and for me to gain the entire world, to have the world at our fingertips, and yet miss out on the most important thing of all, and it is our soul." And this is what I've discovered. For This is true for David Emery. I don't know if this is true for you, but I've learned this in 30 years of ministry and serving leading churches and doing what I felt was the right thing for me and the world. And this is what I've learned. It's a lot easier to sleep at night when people are angry with me than it is to sleep at night when I'm angry with me. Because the only person, the only person that I'm required to please in this world is God and to have integrity of my own self and my own soul. And it's easy to go through this life and want to please everyone and everything and make everybody happy, and yet in the end, make the one person happy that needs to be happy. And it's having integrity of purpose and conviction and purpose. People who do great things in life, who live with extraordinary results, are people who are willing to face the challenges of life head-on and walk through them rather than walk around them. You know, I have to admit, I was a little bit humbled this week. Well, actually, I was really upset. No, actually, I was shocked. Actually, I was depressed. Let me tell you what happened. I don't know, but about a month ago, I got tired of listening to Classic Rock, And I started to listen to Wacky. You know Wacky? Anybody here grew up listening to Wacky? Okay? Okay, Wacky Radio is 100 on the dial. Wacky Radio, is like you listen to it, and it's like you were taken back to 1970, you know, uh, the Beatles and the Turtles and all those groups, the Rolling Stones. And they're still using the same corny call letters, Wacky, way out weekend, you know? You listen to that? And... (laughs) I'm listening, I'm just, I mean, I'm going back. I'm listening to this music, this old music. You know, I've gone from Led Zeppelin to Elton John, you know? And I'm listening to it, and of sudden this commercial comes on. Some of you have heard it. I'm listening to rock and roll, and a commercial comes on. Have you thought about the end of life? This is the cremation society of Louisville. Telling you that cremation is a great option for the end of life. I thought, what in the world is a rock and roll station doing playing a commercial about cremation? I thought to myself, well, look who's listening to it. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) know? (laughs) Let me tell you, if you're watching TV and a commercial comes on and it says, I've fallen and I can't get up, that's a clue, okay? You know, if you're watching TV and there's a commercial on there about something you put on your teeth to keep your teeth in your mouth, it's a clue <laughs> because they target, they target the audience. And I thought to myself, is it true? When did I become an old person? When did my life... I don't have much time left. Don't waste my life. So suppose... Suppose there were two people in our church, late in life. They retire at the age of 60. And at the age of 60, they've worked hard their whole life. They decide they want to live the rest of their life serving in an overseas mission. And they go overseas somewhere and they start serving the least of these and serving someone and those who are living in poverty, giving their heart away. Suppose I have to come in one Sunday and say, well, you know what, Bill and Jan lost their life. They were murdered in an overseas mission. Or they died in an accident. Would that be a tragedy? Let me tell you what a tragedy is. A tragedy would be Bill and Jan at the age of 59, selling all their stuff and moving to uh, Naples in Florida. And then spending the rest of their life walking along the beach, enjoying their retirement, playing golf, lowering their handicap, nothing wrong with golf, and collecting seashells. That would be the tragedy. Because one day, Bill and Jan are going to stand before God, and God's going to say, what would you do with your one special, precious life? And they're going to say, hey, God, it's awesome. I lived this wonderful, amazing life. I was able to retire in Naples. And look, I brought you a collection of seashells. And God would say, I don't want your seashells. What would you do with your life? Did you waste your life? Don't waste your life. I just ruined somebody's vacation, didn't I, right? But it takes courage it takes courage so let's let's look at what paul says i'm going to tell you where the courage comes from here's what paul says man this passage will rock your universe paul says everything comes from god and exists by god's power everything you can see everything in creation is intended for god and for the glory of god what that means is if you want life you want real life you want happiness you want joy put your hope and trust in god because at the end of life and at the end of all things god will always be god and will never disappoint you god will never disappoint you but if you're like the rest of the world and you Put your hopes and dreams in things. You put your hopes and dreams in your career. Uh, you put your hopes and dreams in your youthfulness. You put your hopes and dreams in any of the things that we put our hope to—good things. You put your hopes and dreams in good things, but not in God. Ultimately, ultimately, you'll be disappointed because your health goes, your job goes your youth goes and you start hearing cremation society commercials on the wacky way out radio. And you realize, when did I become old David? But when you place your hope and you make God the ultimate source of your affection and your joy, you can't be disappointed because it gives you something inside of you that's not shakable. It's a confidence. What he's saying is when you trust in God, God gives you hope. Paul says again and again through this letter, it says, when we have trust in God, he gives us a confident hope. He gives us hope, and with that hope comes confidence, and with that confidence comes courage, and with that courage comes through this breakthrough, we're able to accomplish things we never dreamed were possible. So he says, in light of this, I, I, I plead with you, dear brothers, to give your life to God, to To make your worship not what you do on Sunday morning, not the songs that you sing, not the offering that you give, but the sacrifice that God wants is something far more costly than your tithe, far more costly than your praise, far more costly than your attendance, but your life. God wants you to lay your life before him, to give your affection to him, to give your ultimate joy to him, and to place no idol before God. That's the kind of worship that God desires, he says. He says, therefore, do not copy the pattern of this world and look for your happiness in this world. You know that rich people are smarter than poor people. Did you know that? I don't offend anybody in this room that's poor. But you know, rich people are smarter than poor people because rich people have learned that money can't buy happiness. And poor people, a lot of times, are still trying to figure that out. I'm going to start preaching now. Because the more you have, it doesn't make you happier. But the world wants to sell you that bill of goods. wants you to spend your life on the beach collecting shelves. That's what life's all about. There's more to life. Don't copy the pattern of this world, but instead let God transform you by the way that you think. What's happening, he's saying, is that when you give God your ultimate affection... When you lay your life before God, God will re- begin to rearrange what's in here. The biggest thing that you can do to impact your life is to change the way you think, but it may be the hardest thing you ever have to do because we've all been hardwired to think differently, right? So that's what it means to let God's Word into your heart and your life, to begin to change the way you think about what is success and what life is about. Put the slide back up, Craig. Because how are we taught to think? We're not taught to think others first. We're taught to think me, me, me. How many of you grew up and were taught to think, expect the worst? Man, that's hard to overcome. A lot of us don't respond with courage to the world because we were taught by parents who knew no better to expect the worst. And then a lot of us were taught that when we have a problem, it's something you avoid. We don't talk about these things in our family. We pretend like it never happened. And every Thanksgiving, you show up and that big elephant sitting at the table and you never address it. Every Thanksgiving, for the rest of your life, and people go to their grave and you never talk about the elephant sitting at the table. But what would happen if you said, look, there's an elephant? Because you have courage. I'm going to start preaching now. All right. And Paul says when you do this, what happens? When you give your life, when you change the way you think, something starts to become clear. You know what becomes clear? What becomes clear is God's will for your life. People say, well, you know, God will show me what to do, then I'm gonna go do it. It's not the way it works. You just gotta start doing what God wants you to do, and then God will show you what you're supposed to do, one step at a time. It begins to emerge. It starts to become clear. Taking that first step, thanking others first, responding with courage, then you begin to see. Letting God transform you into the person you were called to be by changing the way that you think. So last week I had a experience, um, and this happens too often, I had to go to the high school and talk because, because coach asked me to come over to speak to a handful of students. Uh, he's connected to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And there's about 25 students to come and sit on the gym floor on a Wednesday morning because last week, and everybody was pitching in to do their thing. Everybody, teachers, counselors, every, second student this year that died tragically second senior high school student. And I'm just gonna name the elephant in the room, the second student at the high school that died of suicide. And it's left students just absolutely in shock and hurting. And here's what's happened. We live in a culture where um, suicide has been romanticized. And there's a lot of media stuff around this right now that's really harmful and hurtful. Parents, pay attention to what your kids are doing. Pay attention to what they're watching. There's a lot of unholy things in the world destroying the minds of our hearts and our youth. And so I thought, what, what do I say? And I said among many, I said many things to them. I basically told them for one thing, that there are going to be moments in your life when you feel like there's no way out. There's going to be moments in your life when you feel like it's so dark, so deep. There's no way out. There's no light that can reach me. I said, but when you've lived long enough, you're going to realize you're going to be in those dark places a lot of times. You're going to find yourself in many of those moments. But the key to life is being resilient. And resilience comes from just having this sort of confidence and knowing that God will find a way. That there is nothing in this world. There's no darkness so deep that God can't find you. No darkness so deep that God's light can't shine on you. Because every one of you is important. We're all important. We're the affection and the darling of God's heart and God's eye. Every single one of us, God will find a way. If we just keep holding on and not giving up and having courage to face what we have to face and feel what we need to feel and experience the pain we need to feel, God will find a way to get us through what we've got to get through. And we all anybody that's here lived here any length of time, you know this. You know it's true, because there's nothing in all creation, Paul says, that can ever separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ. Nothing, 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 nothing. And so I said to them, your life matters. Your life counts. Don't waste it. Make a difference. You are meant to be a part of something beautiful. In the face of the world we live in, which is death and darkness and injustice and hate and suffering, don't ignore it, but face it with courage. And we can because of who we belong to. So Peter, he's in the boat. They're all scared. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. They're more scared of Jesus than they are of the waves because they know that when Jesus gets involved, he's going to mess with you. He's going to call you to do things. But I love Peter. The text says, the text says, everybody's in the boat, but Peter just goes over the side of the boat into the water. I love that about Peter. Peter's walking on the water to Jesus. You know, we need a church with some more people willing to go over the edge of the boat willing to get out in the wind and the waves, willing to face that stuff with courage, life with courage, more over the edge of the boat, people. It says that Jesus grabs Peter because Peter starts to sink. And then Jesus says, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt me? I mean, who was he talking to? I always thought he was talking to Peter. Maybe not. Maybe he was talking to all the cowards that stayed behind in the boat. <laughs> Said, "Hey, look, I, I got you. I, you should have known I'd grab you. What about all the rest? Where are the rest of you guys? Come on, trust me. Get out of here. This is where it's, we're not supposed to spend life in the boat. Get out of the boat, man. Come on, trust me. Why do you have such little faith? What if?" the thing you want to walk around is the thing God wants you to walk through. And what have you convinced yourself that you cannot do that God says you can do? What have you convinced yourself that you can't do that God has said you can do?